Hello, hello. This is Professor Hunter from Van Man. I am delighted to recommend Gruesome Herzog's podcast to the outside world. His infamous interviews are some of the best in the business. He's deliciously diabolical. <laughs> hey, this is Sean Kane, director of Silent Night Zombie Night, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hello, this is Natalie Sheets. I play Jenna in the film Madison County, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig it! I'm Jessica Funneborn, and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corvea, and most of you know me as Marla from Run, Bitch, Run. She's a really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, this is David Z. Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Hey, this is Bill Oberst, Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal. And as Dale would say, let me tell you something. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator of all three stunt teams. I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal. And you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Creatures, once they get the taste of human blood in their mouths, there's no going back.
just a bunch of 25 year olds in the middle of nowhere shooting guns and being covered in blood and getting eaten alive. Hello everyone, this is Gruesome Herzog. My very special guest today is actor Steve Warren. He played Ivan in the movie Scarce. How you doing, Steve? I'm good, Gruesome. How are you? Good, good. I'm glad, to, glad you could come on today. Glad to be here. And, you know, uh, it's, it's funny you use the name Herzog, and uh, I did a, a film last year where I played a character based on Werner Herzog. No kidding. Yeah, it's a student film uh, called The Ecstatic Truth, and it's really good. I uh, I don't know if it's ever going to be shown anywhere. The guy who made it just keeps cranking stuff out every day and uh, doesn't do enough with it. With it, but uh, it's a really interesting little thing. You can see it. You can find a trailer for it online, anyway. All right. Well, in case you're wondering where that name came from. Um, a while back, I was watching a movie called Dead Snow. Uh, it's a zombie comedy horror film from Norway. And the colonel's last name, the leader of the zombies, his last name was Herzog. So I just added a T, you know, and added an extra G. And then the gruesome part came from horror. Horror movies, very gruesome. So I came up with Gruesome Herzog, and it seems to stick. So that's how that came about. Okay. <laughs> Nothing to do with Werner, then. No, sorry, but you can dream about it if you want. Did, right. did you ever see his? Uh, well, it wasn't his film, but he was in an incident at Loch Ness. No. Uh, you like film, you like comedy, you like horror. You should see that. Oh, check that out. Put it on your list. Well, we can talk about this one. I never heard of it. It's available on demand on Amazon, and you can buy it on Amazon. But. Cheerleader Autopsy in 2003, speaking of comedy horror. <laughs> Directed <Yeah>. by <laughs> Stu Dodge. Yeah, good old Stu. He's, he's still around. We're talking about doing another one, finally. But, uh, yeah, it, it didn't turn out too great. It's, you know, one of those independent cheapies. And I got paid for the day I worked. I just... I played a newscaster. I did one scene, and I kind of added a little comic twist of, of my own at the end. Because uh, I do a lot of horror and I do a lot of other stuff, but I really want to do comedy. So sometimes I'll bring some comedy that's uh, not in the script. Yeah, well, of course it was filmed in Atlanta, Georgia, um, the state that you live in, and I love the uh, production company's name. Do you remember what it's called? Stinky Pictures. <laughs> That's quite ironic. That's quite interesting. Stinky well, it's pictures. truth and advertising. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, now this basically, what's this movie about, basically? Ah, uh, gee. Um, well, I, I seem to recall that it was it was mostly set uh, at a funeral home or something with a just a, the weird guys who were killing cheerleaders and. They had enough cheerleaders for the trailer, but not enough to sustain the movie. So people who go to see it for the cheerleaders are going to be disappointed after the first ten minutes or so. Wow. Uh, but and it was, it was, you know, sort of fun in a cheapy yeah. kind of movie way. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Um, I'm a I'm a frequent comes to that stuff. I kind of like the uh, cheapy movies. I like to watch them and just just to see, you know, I. I'm a horror fan, so I really enjoy a lot of it. 
it doesn't matter to me if it costs a thousand dollars to make I'm just it's just fun to watch in certain styles of directors and writers and acting you know there's some stinkies you know no one's perfect you know but that's based on income and making a movie so I don't criticize them too much hey it's something to watch I'll watch it what the hell you know everybody's I mean? got to start somewhere yeah, exactly right some of the people go on and do great things yep just like what you did and we'll get to that later on Okay. <laughs> I had to fit it in there. But trust me, the two that you're in, I absolutely love. And I'm hoping that people get a chance to watch them because they're really going to be blown away by them if they haven't seen them. But this movie that I want to talk to next, I have it. i got to move it up on my list to watch. It's called The Other Side in 2006. Now, uh, can you give us a, some good uh, stories about this one? Uh, I don't know about good stories, but uh, <laughs> no, that's. Uh, I was offered uh, two films around the same time they were shooting opposite each other this was one of them uh, and I, I made the wrong choice because the other side at least got out there the other uh, the other one was called The Frame it was a kind of weirdly structured detective story I was a police detective uh, I was I was the only one in the cast who didn't smoke, so my character was a chain smoker in another world to bring him back. Greg uh, Bishop. I was offered the part of the lead Reaper and uh, had to turn it down because it conflicted with the other movie, but uh, the other side turned out to be pretty good. I, I Just so there were no hard feelings, I worked as an extra one day on it for a bar scene. I think it was the last scene they shot. Right. You know, it's amazing, though, you mentioned that you have to make a decision. And sometimes you make a decision, it might be a bigger role, but it wasn't as publicized. That's that's what happens when you, you know, make choices like that. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's when it rains, it pours. I sit around for six months waiting for the phone to ring, and then suddenly... Um, I have also have my collection. I haven't seen it yet. Um, it's coming up. The Signal in 2007. Now, this movie's told in three parts. Am I correct? Uh, that's correct, yeah. Uh, three somewhat different styles, which uh, is, I mean, it's one continuous story, but about every half hour the style changes. Uh, one part's more horror, the second part's kind of horror comedy, and then uh, the last part ties it all together. And this one, uh, that's an interesting story about signal that goes out and turns people into killers, comes through cell phones and tele- televisions and any way a signal can be transmitted and right. people receive it uh, start killing everybody <laughs> I, I'm just in, in uh, a brief scene near the beginning where I scare the lead leading lady and that's a Ramsey in the parking lot as she's uh, leaving from a tryst with her lover right so I I show up in my pajamas and I'm trying to warn her about something we never find out exactly what but she just drives away and leaves me there ranting in the parking lot Uh, so I'm my character's known as Pajama Man Pajama Man yeah which uh, we, we shot it in this cold parking lot on the coldest night of the year and I'm wearing my pajamas for a few hours shooting the scene but hey that's 
movies. Well, speaking of cold, um, the next movie that uh, I watched yesterday or Saturday, and I was totally overwhelmed by this one. And you know what I'm going to talk about. It's uh, Basically, it introduced me to Steve Warren, um, Scarce in 2008. Now, people who hasn't seen this yet, I reviewed it. I recommend it for everybody to watch who likes these uh, cannibalistic screwballs creepy, you name it. Torture porn, I think they call it. Really? Yeah, it's well, a, yeah, what's amazing that they come across that way. But this movie, like I said in my review, is one of my top ten favorites now of all time since 2000. Um, you played Ivan. Um, in case the listeners did not see it, and... Uh, you can give an idea of exactly who you were in a movie, and if you got any tidbits or stories, um, go ahead. Oh, I got a million of them. Uh, well, Ivan is this kindly older gentleman who lives in a rural house that's invaded by these rowdy snowboarders, and he has to defend his homestead against them. So, so he tortures them and eats them. Tell you. <laughs> that, that may not be the same perspective that everybody else sees it from, but having been Ivan, I I know that that's, that's the true story. <laughs> Somebody oh. else might see it as these guys get stuck in the snow and the only house they can find is this one where this weird guy lives, or two weird guys, as it turns out. Right. And they just happen to be cannibals who happen to... Kill and eat anybody who comes along. But you had a couple good lines in this movie. Um, I had more than a couple good lines. I I just love that script. Yes. And, I mean I I think I mentioned earlier that I like to put humor into these characters when I can. But this this one came ready made, and it was just just my style of humor, this dry humor and. It seems like at the end of every scene we shot, somebody from the crew would come up and quote a line and say, "That's my favorite line in the movie." Oh God, you did and, it so well. I'm, you know, you, you just talk about a gift. All all these great lines that they gave me, and I hope I did them justice. Oh, you certainly did. What, what's What's amazing about you about you in this movie is it's just the way you came off. You came off at first as a. Um, Mr. Nice Guy, you know, you know, and then you went to, uh, you know, the true Ivan shows up, and the part that I liked the most is you had this kid help you, uh, help you with this, uh, the hook thing outside, and, um, he went to go use the outhouse, and I had a funny feeling watching it, that that's when the hell is going to hit the fan, but the part that I think was, was, makes the movie also creepier is you let them run and you basically use them like you're hunting a deer and uh, it just came off, the movie came off so well and so creepy that uh, you think that they got away and then the ending, like I said in the review, the ending was very frustrating to me only because what I thought was going to happen came completely opposite of what happened and then Fats. Is that his na- name in the movie, Fats? 
the big chunky guy. Oh, the slob. The slob, yes. Yeah. And uh, his house at the end. I'm not going to say that in case people didn't see it. I'm going to ruin it. But that was the most creepiest, weirdest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. Well, in my he life. he was a creepy guy, Chris Warlow. He, uh, you know, he built some of the props. I mean, that's that's basically what he does. He wasn't an actor, but he he just fit this role so perfectly. Oh my God! He, <laughs> he even he even creeped me out. I knew the movie, so. <laughs> Not, but he was he was sweet, sweetest guy. I yeah, mean, really. That, that diner scene when when you first get introduced to him, uh, I had a funny feeling there's something off about him. You know, I mean, you can always tell because he's so he was so uh, interested in giving directions. You know, what I mean, it was just but but uh, there's a couple lines. Um, I want to see if you can do a line for me if you want. It's the sh- it's the shotgun scene. Um, remember what we talked about off the air um, when the kid oh, yeah. grabbed the gun. <laughs> you you dumbass! That gun ain't loaded. <laughs> and that scene was so amazing to see that hole inside of you. You could see it to the other side. Now that was well, cool. That was cool how they did that. Kind of a rip off from Death Becomes Her, but uh, effective nonetheless. Well, it also um, Jeepers Creepers had that same scene almost. But that was a that was a great scene. So if anybody hasn't seen this, check out the, the, my review and uh, move this up on your on your list because it's a damn good one. You know, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You uh, in your review, you're talking about your top ten favorites since 2000, and you mentioned Scarce and you mentioned uh, Wolf Creek. And the the first conversation I had with one of the filmmakers uh, when they were when we were you know negotiating about me playing the role. Uh, uh, they called and, and told me briefly what the story was about, and I said, "Oh, that sounds like Wolf Creek," which <laughs> probably not the most diplomatic thing to say right. to somebody who's offering you a part in a movie, especially the leading role. But uh, you know, it just slipped out. It's one of those things that if I could do it over again, I would have cut my tongue out first, right? Saying it, but uh, it you know didn't hurt anything and. He agreed. It was, you know, it's kind of, kind of like that, but, uh, but different. We've got snow and, right. You know, they, man, did they ever have snow? Oh man! I, mean, I spent four weeks in Canada doing the shooting, and uh, the temperature didn't go above freezing for the first three and a half weeks. Right. Now I was, I was every day. I was watching on YouTube, and it had the making of this. It showed the making of this. Uh-huh. Um, now, were they actually in the snow in their shorts? Was that they were in the snow in their shorts and bare feet? Oh man! <laughs> yeah, I, they had dedication. Damn! I mean, this this was just such a wonderful group of guys, and the the two filmmakers, Jesse Cook and John Gettys, both in their mid twenties. They had spent a year raising the budget for this movie, their first feature, so they could do it right. And uh, you know they, they were they were well organized as well organized as you can be when you're shooting an independent film because everything was going to go to shit anyway. Right. And, uh, but it, it, they had you know they had done their homework, they had done their planning, they had raised money. Uh, 
unlike a lot of the independent filmmakers I work for who, you know, have a dollar and a half and uh, are hoping to raise the other 50 cents to make their budget. Right. But, uh, these guys, and, uh, you know, they're, they're creative, they're talented, they're dedicated, they don't mind running in the snow in their bare feet themselves, and uh, they had a lot of their friends involved in making the movie, plus some people that they brought in from... Uh, well, actually, I was the only one from the states. Some of the crew, though, came from Toronto. Right, and that's yeah. You know, like 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 I said in the review, what was neat about that there is I live in South Central Pennsylvania, so I, I live about forty-five minutes from Harrisburg. So it was neat to me, even though it wasn't in Pennsylvania, but just how they used Pen, uh, Pine Grove. You know, it's, it was just neat to me because I know where Pine Grove is. It was just I need need to watch, but of course Pine Grove don't get that much snow as well at times maybe, but uh, not quite that bad. But God, I hope my neighbors ain't like that. Who knows? <laughs> well, you know, you might be surprised. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, speaking of uh, 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 another good movie that you're in that I really enjoyed also, and I also reviewed it, and I know it's uh, to me I think it's it's an unknown gem, and Another unknown gem, I should say. It's Lynch Mob in 2009. Now, when I first read about this movie, I kept holding off because I'm not much for mob movies, okay? Okay. But after deciding to pop this thing in and, and watched it, I absolutely love this one as well. It had like, what, you can say almost like two or three stories in one movie. Um, you had a sex offender that was sent to this town... Um, a small town, and to hide him from the mob, well, as you know, the mob comes looking for him, but the mob gets involved in something that they didn't know about, and the movie was creative. Now, I was a big fan of 2001 Maniacs, the first one, and I'm definitely a fan of this one. Now, you played Gus, what, the gas attendant? Right, filling station attendant. Now, what was the experience like for you in this one? Oh, well, let's see. I got uh, got stepped on by a horse, but that's that's just an incidental scene. It was during a flashback. Uh, but I, I love horses; they're my favorite animals. So right. I didn't mind. He didn't break anything. Uh, no, I. Uh, th- this is one movie I aggressively pursued getting a part in. I, I knew some of the people who were making it and working on it and all, uh, but I, I got invited to a reading they did of the script, uh, and you know, I was just in the audience listening to them read it, and I just laughed my ass off, and I said, i got to be part of this movie, and you got to get me in there somewhere, and I went auditioned and everything, and uh, wound up getting a part of it's kind of an ensemble movie really there's a dozen or so of us who live in the town which is under a curse since the civil war but uh, none of us can die and uh, we eat people to survive uh, there haven't been enough people to eat since the I guess they built an interstate somewhere that diverted traffic from our town so we have to take what we can get of the scraps of people who come through. Right. Like I said, very interesting story. 
I love the acting. I love the storyline. And it, it, it kept me so appealed to the, to the screen when I watched this that I was just blown away by, you know, a movie of this caliber that I never even heard of until I came across the trailer. And that's, I'm not kidding, that's how I came across this. I went to Amazon and bought it. But unbelievable. I absolutely love this one. I mean, this one, to me, is better than 2001 Maniacs. And I really like 2001 Maniacs. But this is... Well, I, I think what makes it is Michael Cole's performance. Yeah. He's the he's the, the creepy guy who gets sent uh, in the witness protection program yes. down to our town. And, yes. Uh, as we're about to kill him, he says, well, I can get you some more food. Uh, just let the mob know where I am, and they'll come down to get me. Right. And so then there's Italian food on the menu. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like that. But but Michael Michael is just so great in that he's uh, he does this sort of I don't know almost <clears throat> Peter Laurie kind of character. Yes. And what's so amazing about him is you think he'd be he'd be the first one to die, you know? What I mean, and his his role in this movie, he always manages to be one step ahead, you know, until the end. But that was a damn good performance by Michael. He was yeah, good in there, Weasel. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you hate the character and want right. to die, and yet, you know, what's the movie going to be without him? Right. No, let's keep him around for a little longer. Exactly. So he's, yeah, um, I, I, I love him in that. I just can't wait that people can see this one, because I've been, you know, trying to push it out there, but people, the, lynch, the title Lynch Mob is kind of like, um, it throws it off a little bit until you watch it, but... Damn good. Right, you have, to, you have to get the connection. Right. It's the, the lynching during the Civil War era that got the town put under a curse. Right. And, and the mob part is the uh, the mafia types who come down to the town uh, get get what happens to uh, people who come to our town. Well, ironically enough, it's something I want to talk to you about because today is Valentine's Day. But before we get to that. Um, you were also in a Georgia-based, I'm assuming, um, zombie TV series, uh, The Walking Dead. You had an uncredited role as a walker. I think it was episode one or two. Well, actually, I, I worked in scenes, I think from five, I think I worked in scenes from five of the six episodes. Okay. Uh, for some reason, only one of them got posted on IMDb. But uh, yeah, that, that was quite an experience, and I'm hoping to relive the experience because they're supposed to be coming here to shoot the uh, second season. Be better. That was a Ted, that thing blew up. I mean, uh, I don't watch TV, but that's that series brought me back to television. I love, I absolutely love the Walking Dead series. I've actually interviewed two. Other walkers in the movie, um, Michelle, Melissa. Melissa. Anya. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Uh, yeah, they they somehow got in a lot of the publicity photos, and they've they've blown up. They're spending all their time going to comic cons, and, you know, conventions. Right. Really milking it. Um, but uh, we were we were some of. I think there were like 150 of us that were chosen as core zombies and uh, a few others added along the way. Right. 
but we had uh, we went through zombie school, which was kind of interesting because the year before I'd been to zombie school for Zombie Land. Right, I was going to mention that. I forgot. Um, so I have, you know, not afraid of being typecast. I'll you know do whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I had I. I, you may have read somewhere else that they had three levels of makeup uh, for, on The Walking Dead. The zombies who were way in the background only wore masks. Then there were the ones in the middle that had a really good job of basic makeup. And then there were the ones that were really close to the camera that uh, got prosthetics and everything. Right. So uh, I think I worked like five days on it. and. I, one day with prosthetics and the other days with just the mid-range makeup right. which still took uh, about an hour to put on half an hour to get off plus I was still picking little bits off my face three days later <laughs> that's another story yeah. now speaking of Zombieland I, f- I forgot to mention you played a metro station zombie and it was and like a deleted scene yeah. yes now, what Actually, was you- I'm sorry Oh, well, I, I was cast in another scene which did make the movie. You may remember when uh, Mike White is in the gas station bathroom and a zombie crawls under the yeah yeah stall. Well, I, I was going to be that zombie, but they changed the date of the shooting and I had a conflict. And being the professional I am, I couldn't duck out on the other thing, which you know wasn't nearly as good, but. Uh, made the commitment, stuck to it, and had to pass up that scene. So then they threw in this other scene at a metro station where uh, two of us zombies attack a stuntman and he falls down the stairs. Anyway, that, that they shot it, but it didn't make it into the movie. But uh, I was one of the people in the in the uh, zombie training. Uh, well, they, they shot this video to show the extras how to how the zombies are supposed to act and there were like five or six of us including Sonia Thompson who you talked to for Walking Dead right uh, that was where I met her actually or uh, maybe I met her on uh, well anyway <laughs> uh, but so we we spent a couple hours one morning going through the motions of what zombies do and how they move and all that and I actually haven't seen the DVD extras, but I understand some of that's in there. So I didn't make the movie, but I made the extras. Well, you you, you play another zombie too. You play a factory worker zombie in uh, Ben 10: Alien Swarm, a TV movie in 2009. Right, that was uh, I think Cartoon Network's first live-action movie based on their cartoon series Ben 10. And uh, yeah, there was there was just a whole crowd of us in the factory that we had been turned into some kind of zombies and then at the end Ben 10 breaks the spell and we walk out into the sunlight wow normal again <laughs> well, we, we spent a few days in a, I guess it was an old uh, General Motors plant that had been shut down they shot in there and made that uh, some kind of factory that was uh, sending out stuff to turn the whole world into zombies interesting yeah, zombies is a 
you know, I, I never really liked zombie movies. I think I mentioned this in a couple of interviews I did, but I didn't. I just never thought the purpose of a zombie movie, to be honest. And then about six months ago, I watched every George A. Romero zombie movie, and now I'm hooked. You know, I've gone from you know Zombieland to uh, Silent Night, Zombie Night to Zombie, 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 Zombie versus Strippers. You know, I just get. You know, now I'm, I'm into it, and the Corpse of Walking Dead then topped the cake for me yeah, with well, zombies. I've, I've been hooked on the Romero films, too, till Survival of the Dead. That got me unhooked. A lot of people don't like that one. Yeah, well, I, I'm one of them. <laughs> I'd still work for the guy if he called. Right. But, uh, you know, anybody can... No. Know, he just, just went to the well one time too often for my taste. Right. Well, the next one, it's a TV movie that's not released yet. We talked about it earlier off the air, but uh, it's called Never Fail. It's a fantasy, I guess, fantasy ghoul, you know, movie. Um, you got anything to, that you can mention about this, about your experiences? Yeah, well, this is another live-action Cartoon Network movie. Uh, I heard a rumor they might be trying to turn it into a series. I don't know about that, but... Uh Oh, I was involved in a couple of scenes. There were three of us. and Actually, this was the most time I ever spent getting into makeup on this movie. It took about three hours to put on all this ghoul makeup. Right. So it uh, should look pretty good. And I, I've got uh, got a death scene that should look really cool when they finally dispatch me. But the, oh, the thing that impressed me the most about it was... Uh, the three of us ghouls, and there's uh, one guy in his 40s, one in his 50s, and one in his 60s. Three of us did our own stunts, but the, the three high school kids that were terrorizing had stunt doubles. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. Although, actually, I don't think the stunt doubles ever got to work. I think the kids did all their own stuff. Right. They Their stunts were a lot trickier than ours anyway. So you don't know exactly a date for that yet? No, I, uh, I keep checking Cartoon Network's website and haven't seen the date announced yet. Uh, some Somebody had posted something on IMDb about a date, I think, last November, but I don't know where they got that idea, and it's not correct. Well, it's up there. being that this is Valentine's Day, um, it's not a horror movie, it's a romance, but under the circumstances, um, you're in a TV movie, I guess, it was released. It's available to buy on Amazon, anyways. It's called The Lost Valentine in 2011. Oh, that just uh, just aired on CBS uh, a few weeks ago, last weekend in January, I think it was. That's with uh, Betty White and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yes, Betty White. Uh, Gil Gerard. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the, uh, their scenes all take place in the present, and they're talking about this romance that Betty's character had in her when she was around 20 or whatever. It was back in the 1940s. So there are these flashback scenes when her her husband then, or boyfriend, whatever, probably husband, uh, was going off to war, and she's saying goodbye at the train. Yeah. Movie cliche. And uh, anyway, I was one of the train conductors. I was just way in the background and you can see me in the 
if you know where to look, you can see me at the station and then inside the terminal. But, uh, right. I, I, the worst part about that was I didn't get to work with Betty White because she was in the other era. Right. I love uh, Betty White. Oh, yeah, everybody loves Betty White. I, I say if she if she ran for president, she would win. Yep. I tell you what, there's a movie that she was in. It's not really a horror movie. I guess it's more like an action. Um, it has horror in it, but uh, you might remember this. Remember Lake Placid? Oh yeah. That's oh God, that's the that's the first time I've seen Betty White cuss. You mean <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's so weird to see her in that role. It was she did it so good. Um, yeah, I loved it. And then then uh, didn't they do a sequel with Cloris Leach? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's not cabin fever, but it's not bad. No. Now, is there anything else that you're uh, involved with in the future coming up that uh, you want to share? Uh, well, let's see. It's not horror exactly, but I, I just uh, recently shot a scene with Queen Latifah for a movie called Joyful Noise. That, uh, she stars in with Dolly Parton. I love Dolly, too. Yeah, well, and uh, Dana, as we call her. Queen Latifah to you less intimates uh, was real, really a sweetheart and I, I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with her the scenes maybe 30 seconds and, but she came over and introduced herself and we talked a little bit and shot the scene right went our separate ways did you talk to Dolly? Uh, not this time I interviewed her once uh, oh yeah back in the early 90s but uh, yeah because uh, I used to do a lot of interviews like you, but uh, mine were, oh, for radio for a while and then for newspapers. Yeah, I've got that, yeah. I know there's a lot of podcasters out there now that does horror movies and, and interviews, and uh, Steve Warren um, did the same thing that we do, <laughs> you know, and just because of the show, you can do something, and who knows, you might get any acting in, acting jobs. So. Well, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, I always wanted to be an actor when I was a kid, and I did theater in high school and college and finally realized I sucked at it. <laughs> wow, and I don't know about that. Worked, oh, yeah, yeah, and I, and I worked on crew for a while, and then I finally found a place in the audience being a critic, and did that for several decades, still do it, actually. Right. But, uh, oh... About 20 years ago, a friend of mine was going to work as an extra on Oliver Stone's movie, The Doors. And he said, hey, Steve, why don't you come along? Uh, we'll work two nights. We just sit in the audience uh, at a concert scene, and we get paid for it. And I, I still had long hair then, so uh, I fit in with The Doors concert crowd. Right. Uh, anyway, we went, and the first night we sat around. It was kind of chilly, and we were there all night. It was boring, and nothing happened for hours at a time. And my friend didn't go back the second night, but I did because I got hooked. <laughs> really? Been, that funny? Doing, yeah, uh, so I've been doing anything I could to be on a movie set ever since then. Right. Well, like I said, you have two of them right now that um, horror fans would love once they get a taste of it and watch it. Because I think these two are going to be, um, to me, cult classics. 20 years from now, 10 years from now, because, um, you know, Scarce and Lynch Mob are two movies that I really enjoyed of the ones that I watched lately, and uh, 
But you had a, you had, you know, Scaris, I can't say it enough, your performance in that movie was incredible. You have that, like I said before, that dry, um, especially, uh, there's one scene, one, uh, one you said, you said, uh, how'd it go? When you get a taste of human blood, there's no going back. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you that. That little speech there was what sold me on the movie when they sent me the script. I, I just loved that. And I, in fact, I still use it as my monologue in auditions. Oh, yeah? That's, yeah, that's, I, that's awesome. And then uh, you might watch for each of the, the, the guys are still working together, uh, Gettys and Cook, but uh, they each just recently made a second film. Uh, Cooked it, uh, Monster Brawl, which has these wrestlers who are also monsters, and they're matched up in various, uh, I don't know, fights, whatever, but uh, with backstories on each one. Uh, and uh, Getty's uh, did one called Exit Humanity, which is set during the Civil War, but with monsters. Yeah, we'll see both of them. So, uh, you know, I think these guys have a future, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing these new ones. Yeah. They, they've got a few bigger names in them, uh, like Dave Foley and Bill Mosley. Uh, I, I forget who all, but they... Oh, um, oh, what, uh, uh, D. Wallace, I think. Is yes. One of them. So, yeah, I met, anyway. I met D. Wallace. Watch for those. Yeah, I will. I'm, I'm hoping to work for them again too. Well, they should. Uh, you made the movie. You made Scaris. You made Scaris, Scaris, scary. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. I, I, I'm just an actor. Uh, you know, it's it's all in the script, and I do my best to bring it to life. But uh, if if the words aren't there, and they don't let me write my own then <laughs> you don't you don't have the movie now did you improv anything in, in Scarce did you uh, add anything oh I'm sure there there might have been some little bits but nothing major right uh, I've done some other movies I could tell you about where I rewrote my whole part or I wrote monologues for myself or something but uh, in this case the, the script was there and I just uh, it was just I don't know a fate that brought us together I right. guess yeah. I'm hoping that uh, it gets more uh, airplay because uh, once the horror family the horror genre family gets a taste of this um, I'm telling you it's going to be a it's going to be a, a keeper I mean I really enjoyed it uh, you know, I'm not real picky, but that's right up my alley. Them, them type movies because you know, I I, I just I, I like the creepiness about it. You know, stuff that you know, stuff that can actually happen really intrigue me the most. That's why I'm you know like Wrong Turn. You know, that can happen. You know, Scarus can happen. You know, Lynch Mob can't happen, but uh, you know, I, I like the the uh, well, maybe in an alternate universe. Right, <laughs> right. But uh, anyways, I do want to thank you for coming on. Um, I'm glad that we got this interview in because uh, I'm trying to get these movies, uh, people, get people to watch them because 
they won't go wrong once they watch it. They'll fall in love with them. Well, put, put the signal on your list along with yes. Ferris and Lynch Mob. Yes, i got to watch that one yet. But uh, I'll do my review on it once I watch it, so keep an eye on it. Okay. But uh, thanks for coming on, bud. Really appreciate it. All right, good talking to you. And uh, you take care of yourself, and maybe we can chat again sometime in the future. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hello, hello. This is Professor Hunter from Pan Man. I am delighted to recommend Gruesome Herzog's podcast to the outside world. His infamous interviews are some of the best in the business. He's deliciously diabolical. <laughs> hey, this is Sean Kane, director of Silent Night Zombie Night, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hello, this is Natalie Sheets. I play Jenna in the film Madison County, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig it! I'm Jessica Funneborn, and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corvea, and most of you know me as Marla from Run, Bitch, Run. She's a really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, this is David Z. Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Hey, this is Bill Oberst, Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal. And as Dale would say, let me tell you something. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator of all three stunt teams. I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal. And you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. I love a fresh kill. 
are you doing this to me? You're just a number on a long list, my boy. Oh, look at him bleed. Some creatures, once they get the taste of human blood in their mouths, there's no going back. five-year-olds in the middle of nowhere shooting guns and being covered in blood and getting eaten alive. 